What the fuck is up? It's Billy, and welcome back to No Bleeps. Today is honestly going to be a crazy whirlwind of an episode because we're diving into all of the shit that went down on YouTube in 2020. This is just so crazy. There's a lot of stuff to unpack. I mean, seriously, this year has been completely insane in so many freaking ways. And I just, I mean, YouTube was truly something that got a lot of people by and through the hard times, but I think paying attention to these scandals honestly took some people's minds away from all the other shit that was going on and gave something to talk about other than the craziness that was the election and the pandemic and all of this other stuff. So I'm going to recap all of the shit that we had discussed this entire year. I also want to say that it is New Year's, so I hope everyone has a really fucking great New Year's Eve, and I hope that you have a great New Year, because holy fuck, tomorrow is January 1st, and some of you might only be listening to this like in 2021, and I hope that it's already way better than 2020. <laughs> so I'm just like putting that good juju into the air because yikes, 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 yikes. We cannot relive this year. First, I definitely want to start off with some of the tamer stuff that kind of went down this year. Most of these things are going to be like the least talked about, but also still super important to the most like crazy shit that happened this year. So one of the things that was really the beginning of the year was probably just like way before the pandemic even happens because that started in March. This is a big discussion that people were having and that was whether or not Lily Singh's show was going to be getting renewed. If you guys remember, a lot, I feel like a lot of you are probably just like, oh shit, I forgot about that. Honestly, I did too. I had to like go through my channel and kind of figure out which one was actually making it into mainstream media, these stories and which ones were actually big scandals and big conversations that people were having. This isn't a scandal, but this is just a big discussion that a lot of people were making videos on. A lot of people were having conversations about it and people really, really, really just did not want her show to get renewed. And it was a big, massive conversation whether or not NBC was going to give her the chance to, you know, renew and do this show and try to take some constructive criticism and change it and make it better. Because the fact that a YouTuber got a late night talk show on a major news network, because I know a few YouTubers have had some shows on E! or they've gotten some really big opportunities, but for Lily Singh to get this opportunity... I don't think there was anyone that really wanted to see her fail. Like, I was fucking rooting for her, really wishing that she was going to be taking the advice that people were giving her because a lot of the things that people were telling her was not hate. People were trying to say that the things that you're joking about, it's not really resonating with people. The audience that you are reaching late at night, they're not going to be having like the same humor as like your 10 year old audience on YouTube. So people were really just trying to help her out and give her some advice 
to improve the show and make sure that it was going to be good and that it was going to last and it was going to make YouTubers look good. And if that happened, then other YouTubers would get that opportunity or other YouTubers would be looked at in such a way where people would take them seriously as content creators and then as celebrities and they would be giving big opportunities. But you know, it was still kind of early on in the year where influencers were not celebrities. And the fact that she got this opportunity, it was probably like the first time that a YouTuber was really given like this big, big audience platform opportunity to really prove themselves and prove the haters of the YouTube community wrong. Obviously now towards the end of the year, it's kind of crazy how things have changed. Like Addison Rae is hanging out with the Kardashians and Dixie and Charlie are getting a show on Hulu. Like the way that people are looking at influencers online are, it's shifted. It's different. People are actually seeing them as actual celebrities now and they're getting written about in news and you know, e-news is reporting on them. And I feel like that was not what was happening the beginning of the year or even just last year. I think there had been a big shift on influencers becoming actual celebrities and people accepting that. But, you know, when Lily was getting this criticism, this constructive criticism, people being like, please do not mess this up. We need you to make us look good. She was really taking it as hate. She was thinking people wanted to see her fail and people did not like her and that just people were being mean. And it just became very cringy, very, very, very cringy. And the jokes that were being written, just nothing was changing. Everything was pretty much staying the same. And it just was not good. It was not good. But I do believe her show did get renewed. But this obviously we're in this pandemic and I don't really know what's going on. It's a little hard to be doing a show right now during these times. So, I mean, I hope that if she is renewed that you know, she takes the time that has been this entire pandemic and tries to look into some of the advice that people have been giving her on her show and that improvements can be made because I would really like to see her succeed. Now, another big thing that went on this year, and it's kind of shocking that this is pretty low on the list of freaking FBI raid, but we're talking about Jake Paul. Jake Paul made it into the news quite a freaking bit this year and it's honestly no surprise to me because Jake is like so fucking problematic that it's not even funny. I don't know what Tana sees in him because she's like so oddly obsessed with him like clinging to him. I feel like at first Tana was clinging to Jake because she felt like she needed the clout from him and he was like so famous and all of this stuff but I feel like Tana's gotten pretty famous on her own and she doesn't really need Jake at all but somewhere in her mind she still feels like she does so alrighty and the two of them are like a package deal at this point but earlier this year Jake's house was raided by the FBI he was also charged with trespassing an unlawful assembly because during the entire Black Lives Matter protests Jake was in Arizona at the time and he was seen at this mall in Arizona walking around filming people taking bottles from PF chains accepting bottles that people were looting like it was a really bad look he really fucked up like so bad and it was all over the news and he later got his house raided by the FBI because of the entire looting and unlawful trespassing and all that stuff they said that it was all in connection to the mall riots the reason why they were investigating him that's pretty much all the real uh stuff that came out about why they were investigating him but they never said anything that was truly happening 
behind the scenes. Like, why were, why did they need to go to his house? It was all very confusing. Uh, the Los Angeles Times reported that it was all tied to the looting, like I said, but uh, officials from Arizona announced that they would be dropping the charges against him related to the mall riots. And it was going to be investigated on the federal level. That's when the raid occurred and the FBI executed a federal search warrant at his residence in Calabasas. And it was in connection to the ongoing investigation, which honestly, you guys, I don't know what they were investigating. Like if he like stole something, I guess, I, I, I don't know. But basically they said that the affidavit was sealed and they couldn't comment on the nature of the investigation and they said that no arrests were going to be planned. The graffiti mansion in Vegas was also raided at the same time, which is very sketchy. It's just all very weird. This shit that went down with Jake, but there were a bunch of guns that they took from his house. Like he just had guns like casually by the jacuzzi on his wall. It was... um scary i don't know why they took them all so i don't know if he just like didn't have a license for those weapons and he had them illegally or what but that was some major shit that went down i remember waking up and seeing that shit on the news i saw a bunch of people talking about it and i was like oh shit all of the little clips from local news and all that stuff was like on my twitter timeline everyone was tweeting it out so that stuff was absolutely insane now the next big kind of drama that went down that mainstream media did decide to cover was this insane Charlie Dixie drama that ended up being a Charlie and Dixie drama versus Trisha Paytas versus James Charles drama. And this was honestly a ridiculous one when you look back on it, but at the time it was really insane and really massive and all the news outlets were covering it. Obviously it's not a big deal now because they're getting a Hulu show. So Obviously, they didn't mess up that bad. But what ended up happening was Charlie and Dixie have a family channel with their parents. And they posted a video called Dinner with the Demilios. And they sat down with James Charles. The video format seemed like it was going to be the family interviewing James Charles while they were at dinner and just like having a meal and chatting and interviewing him. What ended up happening was complete chaos and it was really messy. It seemed really scattered and all over the place. They didn't seem like they knew the structure of the video at all. They didn't really have things that were like prepared. It was just kind of like this big messy conversation that was being recorded. And the food that was being served, they have a chef, Chef Aaron. He's literally a famous chef, but he is their personal chef. And the food that he was making, the girls did not like. He made paella and in the paella, there was a snail. And Dixie was like gagging on the food. She was throwing up the food. She did not like it. They, they were making faces at the food. Charlie was saying she wanted chicken nuggets. And people thought it was so disrespectful of the girls to make these faces, make these comments, throw up the food at the table and in front of their chef because their chef was literally just like a couple feet away from them serving them this food. They thought it was completely, you know, just rude. They had no manners and these girls are spoiled. And, you know, why are their parents not saying anything? How are their parents letting them act like this at the table? It's just wrong and just so bad. So the chef and their manager, the family's manager, came out and said that the whole thing was supposed to be a prank. They were supposed to react like that. They know that Charlie and Dixie are really picky eaters and they wanted to give Dixie this snail and it was supposed to be this big prank and they were trying to get a reaction out of her. It was like all supposed to be a funny video. 
The problem was there was no context to the prank. They were like, hey guys, so we're going to film this video. It's going to be called Dinner with Demilios. James Charles is going to come over and we're going to prank Dixie and we're going to get this reaction out of her. They didn't say any of that at all. So it just seemed like the girls were just being rude to the chef and all this stuff. And I mean, obviously a lot of people were saying snails are gross. Like I would have reacted the same way. There were a lot of people that were like, you should have just like quietly spit it out, you know, in a little napkin without having anyone notice or making a big deal out of it, out of respect for the chef. At the end of the day, the chef did not care. He was saying that it was all a prank and he wanted them to react that way. I don't know, you guys. It turned out to be this big, 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 big scandal, this big mess. Trisha Paytas chimed in on it. She's calling out the girls saying that they were disrespectful. Then she started calling out James Charles, saying that James Charles is creepy for hanging out with them because Charlie is 16. I mean... James was literally standing at the table of the 21-year-old that he is. Dixie is 19. He wasn't being inappropriate. He is literally a gay guy. He does not like girls. So uh, it's not like he was alone in his room with Charlie and it was weird. It was not like that. He was sitting at the dinner table having dinner with the family as a whole. This was not any type of inappropriate situation. The girls were literally at the table asking James for advice. The parents were literally saying that whenever the girls have an issue, they are not a part of this industry. Like they, they're new, they don't know what's going on. So whenever the girls have questions, they're like, call James. So it's it's not like James is trying to be creepy. The parents are literally encouraging the girls to ask James for questions like as a mentor. But you know, Trisha's always trying to make shit something that it's not. But that's pretty much that situation. Next, the biggest scandals are kind of coming up now. We've got Tana Mojo. She got called out for months this year after getting called out by Colin Berry and Nessa for microaggressions that she had. People had bad experiences working with her because she just is just not good. Colin Berry has a great video on it. Nessa has a great video on it. They're talking about their experiences, being friends with Tana, working with Tana, things that Tana would say about them out of nowhere, just making stuff up. And just the microaggressions. Jesus. I mean, I have a video on it too. There's just a whole lot of shit that came out about her. And aside from all that, she was avoiding all of that. She was like, I'm not going to address that. And instead of just like hiding, she went to parties during a pandemic. Every single day she was going out to a party and posting about it on her Instagram story. And people were just like, girl, what? There were a couple times where she would come out on Twitter and be like, I, I need to hold myself accountable. I promise you guys my apology video are coming. I'm going to make multiple videos. She was saying this on Instagram stories. I have multiple videos coming. I hired this accountability coach, all this stuff, yada, 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 lies. Lies, lies, lies. It took her so long to actually come out with an apology and it was the worst apology ever. Even Alex Cooper from Call Her Daddy called her out when she was on the podcast. She was like, your apology was bad. Like, it was so awful. It just sounded scripted. It didn't sound like her. It did not sound genuine. And she still, after this apology, continued to go out and party. Like she went to Jake Paul's party recently. She does not care about the fact that people are literally losing their lives in a pandemic. She just is all about her, 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 and her. It, di it didn't even matter that her reputation was going down the drain because people were calling her a racist. There were just awful things being said from her and people being like why is this on the internet why did you say that and her just not even caring just going to parties posting a video with her and erica being like we don't fucking care like girl you should care and the fact that she hired an accountability coach i don't even know what that means because there has been zero accountability this freaking year i just 
I mean, this guy is scamming her out of all of her money. That's just it, point blank in the period, because people are still upset with her and she still continues to go out and not care about the real shit that is going on in the world. So I don't know what kind of bullshit scam she got worked up into with that accountability coach, but there's been no accountability. Anyways, the top two biggest scandals that I have that we're going to discuss is the Mika Stoffer and Jim Stoffer rehoming their adopted son and the Jeffree Star and Shane Dawson drama. This shit rocked this year. Like, seriously. So first, I'm going to talk about the Mika Stoffer and the Jim Stoffer situation. This was a roller coaster ride and something that I cannot believe even happened because before I was even making spilly videos or anything, I was actually just like, you know, casually watching YouTube. And one of the people that I watched was actually Mika Stoffer. I liked her videos. She seemed like a normal mom. I mostly just watched like her videos like on her main channel where she would do like house organization or like just things like that. I really did like family vlogging at one point in time. Like I freaking loved it a lot and I watched it a lot and then I don't know like as time has gone on I just feel a little weird about it a lot of people are just you know talking about how these kids are gonna grow up and like how do the you know how they're not giving consent to be like on camera and some of the stuff can be embarrassing and this was truly one of the moments where I was like shit I really agree I really agree because you just never really know what's going to go on with your family and your life and None of these kids that have been family vlogging have really like grown up and been able to like give their experience about what it was like. And some of the shit is just, uh, this is one of those times where I'm like, oh no, 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 no. Some things you should really keep to yourself and putting your entire family on the internet like this, like this is just, it just seems really wrong. The reason why I'm saying that is because Like I said, she had her own channel, her husband had his own channel, and they family vlogged. And they vlogged this entire experience where they were adopting their son from China. They already had kids of their own, multiple kids, and they were looking to adopt a child. A lot of people now think like they did it for views and they did it for money. And I believe that they really just went into this super naive thinking, there's a child out there who needs a home and we have money and we can provide for a child and they did not think any further than that i think they just thought about like magical rainbows and fairies like we're gonna go pick up a child we're gonna bring him home we're gonna love him we're gonna give him all the care that they need it's gonna be amazing perfect no bumps in the road they just were looking at it with rainbow colored glasses like that's really just it and i think they just thought with them taking care of this child everything was gonna be okay and it it really wasn't so Months before she brought him home, she posted a video and said her and her husband had been working with medical professionals because they decided they wanted to adopt a child with special needs. They had the ability to provide for a child with special needs, and so they wanted to adopt a child with special needs. They set their preferences for what they wanted because they didn't want anything that was something that they couldn't handle. They had other children in the house they wanted to be able to provide enough care for this child while still being able to, you know, focus on their other children. That's pretty much what she was saying in her videos. So this doctor that they were consulting, because she had said in previous videos that when you were adopting from China, this is where they were adopting from, that 
They might not disclose all of the child's medical history. They might try to hide things from the medical records and the same with the agency. But there was a doctor that they were working with who was able to get a hold of the medical records for the child that they were going to adopt, which they ended up adopting, and told the mom, Mika, that his conditions were severe and much more than her and her husband were willing to take on. It did not match their preferences. It was way beyond what they were looking to take on and handle. And she said in a video that this information went in one ear and right out the other because her son is not returnable. And that's what they fucking did. It's horrifying. They were literally given prior knowledge that something was wrong in the situation that they said they did not want to take on this type of condition, but they literally went through with it anyways. So they went into the situation already in a bad spot. Like they just decided that they were going to do it anyways. And that was definitely not a good move at all. I think she just got attached seeing photos already and I just think it would have been way smarter for her to have just not done it because the trauma that this child has been put through is uh, literally heartbreaking. So they made a video talking about how they decided to rehome their son. They said it was because his condition was much worse than what the adoption agency in China told them. And... I mean, like I said, there was a doctor that told them and she literally said this in a video. So the fact that they were trying to make it seem like it was much worse than they were led on to believe is just, it's just a bullshit. It's just an excuse. They knew they were just selfish and they wanted him. They didn't want anyone else to have him. And they knew that he had attachment issues. She was hashtagging photos saying that, you know, he had trauma and all of this stuff and adoption attachment issues. And they still rehomed him because he was more than what they wanted to take on. She had videos saying that you couldn't pay her millions of dollars to rehome her son. That's her son through and through. And they still ended up rehoming him. You know, they had him for two years. They adopted him when he was two and now he's four and... But I think the worst part about this situation is like while they were rehoming him, they were posting vlogs on their channel, but she was posting videos on her own channel and acting like nothing was wrong. Mommy morning routines, like dreamy, magical videos on her channel about how life is so perfect and amazing. And it's just, it was so gross and it really hit people the wrong way. And it's just really bad, really, really bad. And I've heard things that the dad actually started this car YouTube channel, which he has a million subscribers, and he's actually been stealing content from another car YouTube channel, and he's been staging the way that the cars look because it's all about cleaning dirty cars, and it's just, he's, like, been copying things from other channels, and ugh, it's gross. Things like buying maggots and putting it in the car and being like, look how dirty this car is, like, we're gonna clean it up, like, for views, like, oh, that's so gross. It's, oh, goodness gracious. So... That was truly one of the situations this year that put me over the edge. I was like, this this is just too much. <sighs> I just can't believe some people would do that. And another reason why I was just like, I, I just can't stand by family vlogging because in a situation like this, like this kid's life is on the internet. Everyone knows if you watch them who he is and he's going to grow up and see this on the internet. And it's just, that's what's really bad about this whole thing. But... The final situation we're going to be talking about is this Jeffree Star and Shane Dawson shit show. Honestly, a shit show. 
So as you guys know, these two have been through the ringer this year after a whole bunch of drama. They have basically been exiled off the internet. Like people are just not having it anymore with these two because of all of the stuff that has come out about them and how they tried to ruin James Charles and they had like literally no evidence to prove the things that they were saying about him. They conspired together. All of the stuff from Jeffrey's past, all of the stuff from Shane's past, it's been bad. So, you know, Jeffrey's not leaving this entire James Charles as a predator storyline alone when literally in his own personal life, he's getting accused of so much shit, like literally sexual assault. These are the things he's being accused of. He's denied it. Like his lawyers have denied it. He hasn't come out and said anything, but the fact that he was trying to be like, look at James Charles, he's a predator, but people are like, uh, Jeffrey, Look, like, what about you? What about you? Oh my God. People just starting to question Shane and wondering why he was standing by Jeffrey and urging him to come and speak out about him. Wondering if his interest in makeup was all a cash grab because he literally stopped posting after the entire series that he made with Jeffrey. And I know that he takes breaks, but everything was a little weird. He was still promoting people to buy things and he wasn't using them himself. People were like, why haven't you done at least like a makeup look or anything like that? You just kind of stopped and went away and wondering why he was hiding and not addressing the entire Jeffrey stuff. Cause a lot of Jeffrey's old friends and people that were in his life started coming out and making videos about him and talking about how he's rude and racist and body shames people like Trisha Paytas, whom Shane is actually friends with. And then it turns out like, Jeffrey was not friends with Trisha anymore. She came out and said, you know, things were not good between them. And he said really hurtful things about her. One person, Cam, even said that he heard months before Tati's by sister that a phone call between Shane and Jeffrey had occurred when he was around and Shane was going off on James Charles. And people then started to kind of question Shane and his involvement in this entire James Charles takedown. And that's when people's image of Shane started to kind of change a little bit. And then there was more stuff that came out. People rewatched James Charles' No More Lives video. There was a text included that said, we definitely need to talk soon. This is from Jeffrey to James. Tati and Shane and a few others told me everything you have said about me over the last six months. I am heartbroken, disgusted, and so sad to hear everything, but shockingly not surprised. I've only been a great friend to you and never said anything bad about you behind the scenes, which is obviously not the case for you. It became very clear that Shane definitely had way more involvement in the situation than anyone had really been led on to believe. And that Jeffrey and Tati had been getting called out for at least a year now about them trying to take down James Charles, but she never, ever got any of that. He slid under the radar this entire time. No one ever thought he was really involved. And here it is, Jeffrey saying that Tati and Shane are the one that told Jeffrey that James was talking shit about him. So it's like, Shane is literally one of the people that got James hated on by Jeffrey. Like these are the things that really started to get people to dig through Shane's past. And finally Shane decided he was going to come out and speak about Jeffrey. And it was a massive four page essay that he basically wrote and he defended Jeffrey and shaded James. It was very bold of him. And he basically excused Jeffrey and Tati calling James out 
And people just felt like you can't make this entire makeup line with Jeffrey and say you're going to just leave the beauty community when you finally are getting held accountable for your part in the James Charles takedown. Because he just was like, I don't like the drama. I don't want to be part of this anymore. I want out. I'm not going to be in the beauty community anymore. And it's like, you never really work because you never made any makeup videos. You just made that series with Jeffrey to sell your little products. And then poof, you left. And now that you're getting called out because you decided to be a part of this James Charles takedown you don't like it and you want to leave. Like I said, people started to dig and Tati came out with her video and mentioned that Shane wanted to help her out make the thumbnail to buy sister. It was just very clear. People did not know Shane anymore. And he really stuck by Jeffrey. He's still sticking by Jeffrey, even though all of this, I mean, I just feel like if he wasn't really friends with Jeffrey at all from the very beginning, he wouldn't have gone into this drama. People wouldn't have dug in on him. Maybe at some point people would have dug in on him, but I mean, the things that he had on his YouTube channel up until this day, it was gross. It needed to be called out because it was freaking disgusting. Things that were being said about him kissing fans and meet and greets that were not of age and swapping gum. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is gross. The videos that he had with children in them and things that he was saying to them, just not okay. And they were still on his channel, which made people question why, 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 why are they on your channel? Do you support these things? Do you stand by these things? It just made people completely look at Shane differently. People already looked at Jeffrey differently, but now it's just like to a whole other level because these two were supporting each other. And then they went on a little break. Jeffrey came back and he's been trying to just sell products and not really address important issues. And then Shane has been slowly creeping back on Instagram, posting little weird things on his stories and saying every now and again that he's still friends with Jeffrey and he loves Jeffrey. And the two of them have only been going on Ryland's podcast. It's been a shit show. And I honestly think that he's going to come back in 2021 and like do a freaking series with Jeffrey or something because I just don't know what else he's going to do. He keeps saying he's going to come back soon. So buckle up, I guess, everyone. He's he's going to come back. And Tersha even says he's coming back. So this is a complete mess, you guys. And that's pretty much been the entire year. This year has been a mess and so has the internet drama. Those are pretty much the top 2020 scandals on YouTube this year. It's insane to think about, but so much went down and I feel like I just like relived the entire year just by doing this podcast and telling you guys about it. It's been so insane and I can't believe some of the shit that really occurred and my gosh, it's been a lot, but I want to know what you guys think. If you guys are listening on YouTube, let me know in the comments down below what you guys thought about the scandals this year. If I missed one that you guys thought was crazy. And if you guys have no idea what I'm talking about and you're listening on a streaming platform, I do upload these podcasts onto YouTube because I love reading comments and interacting with you guys. So I upload them after they've kind of been on some streaming platforms. But that is pretty much it for this New Year's Eve episode. I hope you guys have a happy new year and I freaking love you guys. And I will talk to you in the new year. Holy shit. Okay, bye guys.